the talk shop. Sure, the news went past very fast this evening. It's three minutes after seven. A good evening to you and welcome to the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Naledi Moleo and I'll be with you till nine o'clock. That's when Nancy Richards will take over from our Cape Town studios, bringing you the Enviro show. So stay tuned and spend some time with her as well. Over the next two hours, uh, a bit that we'll, we'll be getting up to quite a bit, actually. We'll, we'll, we'll chat to our mover and shaker. Uh, his name is Dr. Ryan Fuller. He's a specialist in psychogeriatrician and memory care. Uh, we'll talk about his work, get to understand um, geriatrics. It's not a very well-known field, so we'll get to understand the work that needs to be done. Uh, also look at the development that's necessary in South Africa in that regard as well. So give us a call on 0891-104207 if you have any questions, 891 at half past seven, I'll speak to Owen uh, Sorau, who is the Senior Vice President of TransUnion Analytical Decision Solutions in South Africa. Uh, they've released the Consumer Credit Index, and uh, it, it, it really shows that consumer credit health has continued to improve in the first quarter of 2015. We'll look at some of the contributing factors, what we can expect for the rest of the year. Uh, are South Africans getting better at repaying their, their loans? 891 if you have any questions for Owen. After 8, we get into our relationship corner. And we're asking how healthy are on-again, off-again relationships. And we often hear that it's better the second time around. But what impact does this roller coaster ride actually have on relationships? Is it okay to keep getting uh, back together again? How do you deal with children in that situation or family, parents? 0891-104207. And uh, a whole lot more coming up as we move into the show. You're more than welcome to tweet me as well. The Twitter handle is at Naledi Moleo. Moleo spelled M-O-L-E-O. Or you can also tweet at SAFM Radio. Um, and I'll read out all of your questions and thoughts. Send your SMSs to 34701. So let's get going with our first discussion. Now, geriatrics is not a very uh, well-known field for a lot of us. But it's a specialty that focuses on uh, the health care of, of elderly people and aims to promote health by, by preventing and treating diseases and disabilities in, in older adults. If, you've, if you feel that, you know, you have a few questions to ask about your own health, feel free to, to, to give us a ring. Dr. Ryan Fuller is in studio with me, a specialist um, psycho... I need to go through. Such a long word, eh? Hey? It is. <laughs> specialist psychogeriatrician in memory care. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Nelly. Thanks for having me. Such a pleasure to have you. Now, we... I've heard the word geriatrics quite a while, quite for, for years, but we've never really understood um, what, what the field really is. And, you know, understanding that it's work with, with the elderly. Let's talk about how the field is actually faring in South Africa specifically. Sure. That's, thanks for that. That's a great point. Um, so firstly, the word geriatric can be quite offensive mm. to older people. Mm. Um, and so in Europe and the States and Australia, places like that, there's a move to use a better word, such as literally older people. Mm. Um, what, we've, what we know is that people are living a lot longer. And so the average age of retirement is typically 65. Mm. Um, and people are not working in corporates anymore. And suddenly it's not uncommon for people to have two or three different careers mm. rather than just one. Um, and so you, when you speak to geriatrics, we're really talking about medicine, we're mm. talking about medicine for older people. 
in, in a very short uh, way of looking at it. The important thing is really to understand that in South Africa, as in a lot of African countries and developing countries, what is correct is there has to be a priority for most governments to prioritize maternal health, children's health, mm. and then, of course, infectious diseases such mm. as TB or HIV AIDS. And that means by default that there's less time devoted to older people's sure. health. And then linked to that across the world, there's this idea called ageism, similar to racism. Yes. So it's not discrimination based on your ethnicity. It's discrimination based on the fact that you are simply older. Mm. Um, and most people are very sensitive to that. If you ask them, especially mm. a lady, for their age, they get a bit grumpy That's with true. you. That's <laughs> true. Um, so you asked specifically what about South African geriatrics. And, I mean, firstly, I'm a psychiatrist. Um, so that big word you used, psychogeriatrician, mm-hmm. I'm glad you didn't ask me to spell it. Um, <laughs> it it's, it, my brother was joking with me, saying, well, why would you want to be known as a mad old-age doctor, <laughs> psychogeriatrician? It's not a great marketing strategy. Yeah. But it's deliberate because I'm an old-age psychiatrist, meaning I've done psychiatry but then focused on care of the elderly, where typically as people get a lot older, they suffer with depression, mm. they deal with bereavement, mm. movement as children, you know, the empty nest syndrome, and then people often get depressed and anxious, and they may then get memory problems. So we run a memory clinic called Memory Care at Akeso in Parktown, and I primarily focus on um, memory disorders in the elderly mm. and the psychological impact of that. Mm. And so one of the things of geriatrics or care of the elderly is that there's often a collection of different things going on. Um, you have the physical illnesses like um, high blood pressure, diabetes, and then the psychological impact of those is often depression or what we call an existential angst mm. when people start actually questioning where they're going in life and what that means. Um, but in South Africa, we don't have many old-age psychiatrists, unfortunately, yeah. so I was lucky enough to train in the UK where they've had more time to develop that. And so... In the UK and in the United Kingdom and uh, in the States and Australia, people often live a lot longer. Mm. And where dementia as an illness, uh, sort of chronic brain failure, the memory disorder, becomes extremely prevalent. So sort of 5% of people over 65 will have a dementia syndrome. And the scary statistic is that doubles every five years. Mm. So by the time you get to 85 years old and people are living, it's not uncommon to have that, about half of people will have a dementia syndrome. Mm plus all of the other health troubles and things. Um, in South Africa, what must be said is there aren't many geriatricians. Uh, we're lucky enough to have some excellent geriatricians, uh, Donald Gordon, um, to have like Brent Tipping, India Butler, who's actually on SAFM earlier today, mm-hmm. talking about flu vaccines and things. Um, and then I work closely with Stan Lipschitz, who deals a lot with bones um, in a community clinic and osteoporosis. But they're working really hard to develop the field of geriatrics oh. and train. It takes time to train specialists. So a geriatrician is a specialist doctor who's then gone further and yeah. specialized for another three or four years again. So it takes a long time to um, learn a lot about the field. Oh. And we are behind the rest of the world, there's no doubt, in terms yeah. of service provision. Um, so I'm delighted to have the chance to talk to you about this. Sure. Yeah. How did it come about for you? I mean, anyone who decides that they, they want to become a psychiatrist, geri- geriatrics is not generally where, you know, the young and up and coming are, are looking at going. How did it come about for you? Yeah, it's definitely definitely not a sexy field, um, that's for sure. Um, for me, I, I really enjoy the field because it's, it's, it's very challenging intellectually. Mm. One has to have different models of thinking about a problem. Firstly, as a doctor, mm. 
there are health and medical problems, what we call organic or physical problems, but then there's the psychological component, and I enjoy thinking about things in a different way. So uh, you've probably heard of Sigmund Freud, mm-hmm. Carl Jung, mm-hmm. and all of these chaps in the unconsciousness, and it's not all about sex and all of that and mm-hmm. dreams and that. And so I'm interested in psychiatry primarily because of the way the brain works and the way that human beings interact in a behavioral way with each other. Mm. So I find humans fascinating. Um, they never cease to um, surprise me. Yeah. Um, so we always tend to joke that the f- patients are an absolute pleasure. It's the families who are a nightmare. <laughs> we deal a lot with families but specifically old age psychiatry I enjoy the interaction between medicine and then psychiatry um, we tend to joke if you go to London and you look for the psychiatry department it's always at the other end of the hospital premises because they tend to say that you know psychiatrists are a bit weird um, and usually when a psychiatrist comes into the general hospital the other doctors will say Shh, you know the psychiatrist is coming don't say it too much yeah um, but I think Are you a bit weird? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> but happily so. Happily so. That's right. Um, but I, no, I think it's important um, to say that in psychiatry or mental health, to use a better word, maybe it's, the field has come a long way. Mm. Not so long ago, uh, the field was extremely controversial, using lots of very powerful medications mm. to poison people, really. And then there's electroconvulsive or shock therapy. Right. And, you know, the, the, the Enigma movie, um, that, I don't know if you've seen it no, recently. Um, uses where homosexuality was classified as a mental illness and people were discriminated against. And in fact, in the law, psychiatrists are typically referred to as alienists. Mm. And there's a lot of, we're not really mainstream doctors, if you like, but mm. more and more it's, it's becoming quite common now to understand that mental illness is not a, a complete stigma, that it's quite common for people to get depressed. Of course, whether you need medication or not um, is always the issue. Mm. Um, and we're trying to really promote through care of the elderly with psychiatry this idea of what we call systemic therapy, which is um, understanding that the family play a role and that there is a big value for, for talk therapy rather than just medication. Right. Um, so, so generally, um, it's, it's a very stimulating field, and we tend to find that you don't have to do much to create quite a big impact mm. because uh, the prob- we, you know, the health system, unfortunately, in most countries for the elderly is quite broken. You know, it's difficult for old people to get access to good health care. Especially uh, here. Yes, um, yeah. I think that's correct. Yeah, I think, and that's across the board, not mm. just in private, in states. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're doing this World Healthy Aging Congress, um, which will be in, in end of July, which is a an, an initiative to try and get healthy aging on the sort of agenda with government really to say that looking at this is really important it's not just about infectious diseases and young people um, in order to do that we're trying to help government we'll build a bridge with state uh, doctors and providers as well as private um, and that's that's something we're really proud of where this congress is, is getting to we've managed to it's an international congress attract some really interesting experts in the aging field um, so you might ask, what's a psychiatrist doing in this space? Hmm. And, and that's a great question. Hmm. Um, but there isn't. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so You've asked it, yeah. Um, well, the, the problem is there aren't many doctors interested in, in this, and, and a lot of the doctors are very, very busy. Um, and there's risk in trying to get people together who don't necessarily want to talk to each other. Oh. There's a thing called fragmentation. Yeah. Um, as I'm sure you know, there's a, a political spectrum in the country with our massive, very good diversity mm 
but getting people in in the same room and finding one common agenda uh, where we've got limited resources is quite tricky. Yeah. So this, if you don't mind me explaining the World Healthy Aging Congress, sure. the legacy we're trying to do is to build bridges, which is simply to improve the lives of older people wherever they might live, mm. whether it's in Posh Santon, whether it's in Soweto, mm. whether it's in Beaufort West or the Southwest even sometimes. I mean, and getting, uh, helping people get access to quality care. We don't really know the situation. I'm mm. sure you're surprised sometimes by what people will tell you about what's going on in our country. Sure. We just make assumptions which are often not valid. Um, so one of them is that public sector government health is, is, is useless, you know, that you might all need to go private. So yeah. coming out of the state system here, that's not true. There are clinics that work. There are some very, very good doctors and healthcare providers in teams mm. that do care passionately. But we don't easily know where they are and then how to access them. Um, and with national health insurance coming in, um, we are deliberately at this Healthy Aging Congress um, trying to have a discussion there to find out what is uh, the Gauteng NHI initiative doing. Mm. And there's a lot of great stuff they're doing. Mm. And then we're deliberately going to say, well, what are you doing for older people? Yeah. How does an older person access care if they can't see clearly, they can't hear, if they don't know the language? Mm. How are you promoting this? Um, so it's, there's, sometimes it can appear quite daunting, to be honest, um, but then we have, you know, excellent media partners like Vuma. Mm-hmm. So we're grateful that they helped us. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about the conference uh, in a little bit more detail later on. But I just want to start to understand, you know, um, I don't know if, is it, can, I, can I carry on using that word, geriatrics? Sure. Okay, so I, I will. Geriatrics and, and, and the field in South Africa, I just want to look a little bit more. I mean, you, you said um, earlier, you talked about uh, me- mental illness not having as much of a stigma attached to it as it used to. I wonder if that's true. I think in, in a lot of black communities, and you, you, you've trained uh, at Baraguana yes. Hospital as well, so you know yes. this, that mental health is something that is so misunderstood, even in the elderly. Absolutely. Um, when I say it has less of a stigma, it's relative to what it was. It yeah. still has a massive stigma. Mm. I totally agree with you. Um, you know, if you look at psychiatry, definitely um, one simple telling statistic is that there, I don't think there are any very good uh, studies on um, brains in um, men- dementia and memory problems in South African or African people. Yeah. For the simple reason that most South Africans and African people don't want to donate their brains to science. Mm. There's a lot of very strong belief systems yes. that you want me to give you my brain, really? And then you want me to talk about... Going to make muti out of... <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And again, in the Healthy Aging Congress, we've deliberately got traditional healers. We've got Western training as well as traditional training mm. coming to help talk to us so we can try and understand their belief systems. Mm. There's a, in psychiatry, we're allowed the, the liberty, really, of trying to understand a person's frame of reference, because until you do that, they're never going. There needs to be some trust if someone's sure. going to help you. Sure. Um, I worked at Stackfontein some time, and and if the patients there did not believe in what you were doing, you were just wasting your time. And so that you know, it's difficult speaking eleven languages, so you need a translator. Yes. And you need to try and tune in, if you like. Um, there's some very, I mean, you'll know more than I. I mean, what is your um, home language? Swana. Swana. Mm. So I can't speak Swana, I'm afraid. But I, So is that similar to Sutu in the Pedi? Very similar to Sutu in Spedi, yes. Okay, so we know that, for example, that there are certain regions in South Africa where it's a little bit predictable what your belief system might be. Mm. I'm not going to presume to know yours. 
But then, of course, it gets complicated because you're urbanized and you might be Christian yes. or charismatically Christian mm-hmm. or Jewish mm-hmm. or Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we make all of these assumptions about people. And what I'm proud about psychiatry, I mean, the, the psychiatric approach, is really to take a very thorough psychosocial history to understand your family and where you come from. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, unfortunately with dementia, it's not uncommon that people in the rural areas will get chained up sometimes. They said that they're possessed yeah. um, and get seriously assaulted. Yeah. Um, and we need to try and destigmatize that a bit. Um, so there's the xenophobia, which is a, a gateway really to trying to understand another person's context, yes. which is really, really yes. important. Um, yeah. You know, it's easy sometimes to focus on South Africa or Africa and say that, you know, we've got all these hectic problems and we're doing badly. But I can tell you, certainly in the United Kingdom and Europe and the States, they have as similar problems. Um, it just comes out in a different shape and form. Yeah. Um, That's a relief. Yeah. In a way. Sort of. I mean, it's not, it's not a good relief, but it's good to know that, you know, we're not, we're not yes. crazy. No. <laughs> and if we are, hopefully we're happily yeah. not hurting crazy. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, the, but the fact to have a psychiatrist on your show for me is evidence that there's less stigma. Because mm. not so long ago, I would have, you know, it would have been a bit weird. They would have said, "Well, what's a psychiatrist going to do talking about aging? You know, surely you should get, I don't know, a fitness expert or someone." <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, are you interested in aging yourself in terms of your grandparents, perhaps, or your parents? Well, I was raised by my grandmother, and so I've seen, and, I, you know, you talk about the the depression and the questioning where you're going. I've seen that in my grandmother as well when she goes mm. through moments of, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. Absolutely. And, and I've seen that as well. It's very depressing, and, and family members feel like they don't know what they can do. Which is which is quite difficult. But let's let's talk about the Congress um, sure. and and the speakers that are then going to to, to be uh, taking the podium. Absolutely. So we're very proud. Uh, firstly, to have an international Congress mm-hmm. here in Johannesburg at the Sanson Convention Centre, and then to have literally the, the country's leading experts in geriatrics. So I mentioned them before uh, the, the, the doctors at the Woodstone or Gordon Medical Centre. Um, there's Dr. Brent Tipping, who's uh, certainly a leading light and the main sort of education uh, person for training a uh, geriatrician. Um, India Butler uh, is going to be speaking to, as she did today, SAFM vaccines and healthcare immunizations for the elderly. Um, Brent Tipping will be speaking to this idea of what we call polypharmacy, mm-hmm. which is poly means many pharmacy drugs. Okay. You know. <laughs> It's a, it's a bit of a bad joke, but tend to joke that I'm a licensed drug dealer. Oi. And unfortunately, many older people get prescribed way too many medications. Um, so Brent Tipping's particular field of interest as an expert is in how you detox, take people off these medications yeah. in, a, in a safe way. Um, and that's critically important. Oh. Um, and there's a lot that can be done. Then the session therein, um, which is really uh, dementia and understanding what we call neurocognitive, which means simply brain memory, if you like, um, impact on aging, is chaired by Felix Vitochnik. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an old-age psychiatrist, probably the pioneering first old-age psychiatrist in the country, really, in the Western Cape. Um, and I'm delighted to say he's a psychiatrist, which is great, so I don't feel completely alone. Um, <laughs> How many? We don't have enough, do we? No. I mean, we've no. got... I think there's two of us, to be blunt. You've In the whole country? Uh, pretty much. Um, there are many psychiatrists who see older people and have got massive experience because they've had to learn. Mm. But in terms of formal training, 
I think there are a couple of others that Felix himself, Dr. Dochnik, has recently trained in Art and Stellenbosch. But no, we're way behind the curve. So in psychiatry, there's uh, a lot of sub-disciplines that need to evolve first. Yeah. Um, there aren't many psychiatrists in the country. That's the other problem. Mm. You know, I think there are probably about 800 uh, across the country. Um, but if you talk about the geriatricians, there's even less than that. Mm. There's probably about 10 geriatricians. These are specialist doctors focusing right. across the country yeah. in terms of being functional. They're, they're improving with it. It's taking time. Um, and there's a, you know, the program, I just urge people to go to the website. Yeah. Um, which is the World Congress in Healthy Aging, www.wcha2015.com. Did I get that right? Yeah, I've got it. I've got it right here in front of me, www.wcha2015.com. I have an SMS from Pat that says, My mother's 75 years old. Um, since she's not athletic anymore, she's harsh and caring for her three-year-old grandchild. A child would play, she'd punish the child. Does that, does that mean anything? Sure. Um is she a caregiver from what you're reading there of the child from what Pat's saying I think so because uh, she's caring for her three year old grandchild she's ca- I mean a lot of children in South Africa are raised by their grandchildren Absolutely. so I imagine that she's the full time caregiver and what is Pat asking then that about the behavioural impact of her mother on the child well that, that's what the SMS says but I think yeah I think maybe that's she's trying to ask if, if her being so strict has something to do with perhaps um, psychiatric issues that her mother might be going through her grandmother might be going through her mother yes sure no that's a fair question um, I think one way of looking at whether a symptom or a sign in other words what a human is displaying is normal or abnormal so they tend to be psychiatric swear words mm. so we say normal is a psychiatric swear word because what does normal mean? We need to confuse this yeah. psychiatric script. So is this normal and abnormal? We need to say, is the symptom or the, the specific behavior persistent or pervasive? Persistent means that does that strictness, for example, happen on most days of the week, mm. nearly every week? Okay. Then the next P is pervasive. Does it happen in different situations? Is the strictness only with the grandchild? Mm. Or is it also at work, with friends, outside when perhaps driving a car? Is the person perhaps irritable all the time? And if it's persistent and pervasive, then the, the next point is, does it cause significant distress? So the fact that it's causing distress has got Pat to email mm. or, or text. Um, and then does it cause the patient or person subjective distress? Then we might say there's a problem. That doesn't mean it's a psychiatric or medical problem yet. Yeah. It might be a life problem. An existential problem it might be that the, the, the child is perhaps quite difficult to manage, to be blunt. So what needs to Every happen is... three-year-old is difficult to manage. Not my three-year-old. She's angelic. <laughs> sure. No, I'm joking. No, she's, she's delightfully hard work. Um, yes, absolutely. Mm. And what you've just said is spot on, that there are behavioral norms and fluctuations, if you like, um, that we need to be mindful of. So in a problem, it sounds like a problem because the person's taking a time like that, we'd need to get more information. Mm. So we'd say the first question is, who is the patient? Is the patient the three-year-old? Is it the, the grandmother? Right. Or is it the daughter? Is it Pat? Okay. Pat, uh, maybe Pat, call I'm in. I'm hoping uh, I haven't offended you there, um, but clearly it's a bit Pat, maybe call in so we can get more details. The number is 0891 Again, 0891 
Um, if you'd also like to SMS and be part of our discussion, 34701 uh, to send your SMSs, and they charged at two rand. I'm chatting to Dr. Ryan Fuller, who's a, a specialist psychogeriatrician in memory care. Um, and geriatrics is, of course, um, a specialty that focuses on the health care of, of the elderly. 34701 to send us your SMSs. I, I wanted to maybe talk about the, the, the Congress again and, and, and ask... You know, it's a World Congress, so you've got the international community taking part in it. But if you in South Africa, you've got to ensure that you've got the Department of Health on board, do you? Absolutely. Um, we're proud to say that we have got them on board. Um, we're hoping that the very much hoping that the Minister of Health will be able to attend. Clearly, he's got a big job, mm. and he may not be able to. But we've had a favourable response from his department. We've got the National Director of um, Health for the country coming to uh, address the Congress. And in the Gauteng Department of Health, you know, there's sort of a sub-mini Department of Health across the provinces and regions. We've got the main um, member of there for the mm-hmm. Department of Health. The mayor of Johannesburg has also expressed a, a willingness to attend. Again, it's subject to uh, developments. But we've worked very hard, and I must congratulate the Congress Committee here and the organizers um, in building bridges, which is the Congress's theme, um, to find out how can we help government, to be blunt, in learning more about the work that needs to be done because we've got to start small you know there's so much work that has to be done we've got to figure out with the situation analysis who are the stakeholders um there there, if people go and see the program there's a whole lot of um, different uh, uh, speakers and experts from governments who are attending um there's professor freeman for example who works on national health insurance projects for what we call non-communicable diseases Mm -hmm. that's high blood pressures chronic diseases such as diabetes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, linked to that, um, we've got, it's been a great surprise to us to learn that there are, uh, Dr. Chika is a doctor that helps protect our borders. He works for the government um, with Ebola threat and TB. Um, We've learned a lot from him as well, and he's on the committee. Um, So very much so, yes. I mean, I think we've learned a lot that, that, Government, certainly in the National Department of Health, and then, of course, social development section of health, not just health, have a lot going on. Um, A lot of it is how do we sort of join the dots and help bring it in a forum. We have a really great discussion. Um, So the the other thing is in the private spectrum, we've got Professor Tim Noakes, who's been perhaps a bit controversial with this banting diet you may be aware of. Yes, yes, yes. um, My partner's trying it at home. Is it working? No, we have rice every night. I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep saying no. it, but yes. So I'm, I'm a fan of Tim Noakes. I mean, I think I understand the controversy, but I mean, he's one of our lecturers, and I, I'm a, I really respect his courage to stand up for what he believes in, and I respect the ability then to be proven wrong and to be able to um, have an honest debate about what he is he's promoting. I think he's a bit misunderstood and definitely misquoted. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are trying to build a bridge to say, if, for example, people followed the Banting diet in aging, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, let's then get a geriatrician. So we've got uh, Professor Willy Molens from the University of Free State. Uh, I, think, I think it's called that. It's something else now. UFS, yes. UFS. Mm-hmm. To have a discussion about that, but not with drama and emotion, to have an intellectual discussion looking at the evidence um, and then let people make up their own mind, really. Yeah. Um, so things are generally relative and you need a context. And then, of course, you know, w- with that, you talk about government. Um, we're very proud to say that Justice Edwin uh, Cameron from the Constitutional Court is coming. And you might say, well, what's wow, that got yeah, to do with healthy aging? I mean, 
Well, he was a pioneer in helping get HIV meds uh, through the treatment action campaign released. Because yeah. um, not so long ago, um, there were HIV AIDS denialists saying yes. that this thing didn't exist. Yeah, I remember. And he was instrumental, really, with a lot of other very powerful people in getting that movement up and running and understanding how to use social pressure as well as the law um, in saying that people have a right to access to treatment. Mm. So we'd like to learn from him and have a debate to say, well, how can older people get access to treatment they need? Because yeah. there's this wonderful thing called the Human Rights Act, yeah. as well as the Older Persons Act and the Mental Health Care Act, and the Constitutional Court itself protects those and enshrines those rights. And yet we really struggle to implement them. Mm. And I think... So the, the Healthy Aging Congress is not only about medicine. The, the point of healthy aging is also about what laws are there and how to protect vulnerable people, sort of at one end of the spectrum. Mm. Then going dialing back to sort of maybe middle-aged people who might be interested in prolonging their life and quality. Sure. You've got nutritionists also attending the Congress and fitness experts. Uh, Professor Wayne Derman uh, from UCT will be uh, speaking to what, how exercise can play a role mm. there as well. Um, longevity magazine um, literally is focuses on healthy aging and so we're very proud that they're one of the main partners who are doing uh, public education that's workshops um, yeah. so, so I, I tend to talk a lot to sorry that's an occupational no, 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 hazard that's all right that's right it's, it's all interesting don't worry I am I am engulfed in the <laughs> conversation um, but I do have an SMS from Alan Cape Town um, at what point at what at which point or age is one considered to be elderly and geriatric so short answer depends who's asking. Okay. And, and, no, I'm um, no, it's a good question because what does aging really mean? Yeah. Um, so people are living longer. So the question then from is what do you consider to be a, an aged person? It's primarily a question of their functional ability and what we call the, adap the adaptability. Um, the another, another concept that's important is resilience. Oh. So life, what, what is constant is change. Human beings, from birth until death, are always changing. We're evolving and we're adapting yep. to stresses. If you can adapt quite quickly and, and in a healthy way to stresses, you're not really that old in a biological sense. Okay. So we have patients who are 85, 90 who look like they're 65 or okay. 70. And the, in reverse, we have patients 50 and 60 who look like they're 80. Yeah. So the actual manner of time you've been on the planet is not necessarily what we mean by aging. Okay. We mean, have you lost your ability to adjust to um, life stresses, okay. external and, and internal? But generally speaking, it's someone who's not working and someone that needs um, help in day-to-day -day activities okay. we would regard as aged, that um, makes sense. if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, I just I get the feeling that over the past 30 minutes, we've talked a lot about the work that's necessary in the country, and, and you know, I'm a sucker for success stories, and you do have a success story to tell, and that's the um, the memory clinic that you've then developed. Tell us a bit about that. Thanks. Um, we One of the things in the UK we learned was that people do respond to a clinic where they can come specifically to have a team approach to assess is the memory problem they may have due to a physical problem or a psychological problem. So at a Keso clinic in Parktown, there's a memory care clinic. Um, it's not a completely unique concept. It's certainly in the Western world quite common, really. Mm -hmm. But in the whole of Johannesburg, I think Stan Lipschitz runs a dedicated memory clinic. That's a geriatrician, but there isn't much else for people. And the doctor's one part of that. What you need is a good psychologist to understand the family dynamics, an occupational therapist, etc., so what we try and do is assess people in the community because old people don't do well in hospital. Mm. 
And if we can do a very good team assessment in the community or in the clinic setting and get mobilized the family, we can try and work out whether they have a serious problem causing memory difficulty, right. such as dementia. And then we start, there is treatment available that can slow down any further memory problems. Okay, well, I've got a few SMSs that I'm going to read out, and then um, as soon as we come back, we'll respond to your SMSs and then get the details of the upcoming World Congress. You're on the talk shop on SAFM. The new law on child car seats came into effect on the 1st of May 2015. It's now against the law to drive with a child under the age of three if they are not secured in a baby car seat. Observe the UN Global Road Safety Week under the theme Children and Road Safety from the 4th to the 10th of May 2015. Join the campaign hashtag Save Kids Lives. Together we can ensure the safety of children on our roads. This message is brought to you by the Department of Transport and the Road Traffic Management Corporation. Led by Martin Kremer, Mining Weekly offers unrivaled global coverage of the resources industry and the companies and people shaping it. Subscribe now at MiningWeekly.com. Kremer Media's Mining Weekly, mining news around the clock. The Talk Show. 25 to 8 is the time you're on the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, chatting to Dr. Ryan Fuller, who's a specialist psychogeriatrician in memory care. And of course, geriatrics is the specialty, is a specialty that focuses on the healthcare um, of the elderly. Um, Aya in East London says, my grandmother is 75 years old. She used to be a teacher for a long time, but has developed memory loss, uh, which we're worried about because sometimes she'll forget even uh, the most important things like her bank pin number and even uh, days of the week. You have to repeat everything uh, in a period of five minutes, um, uh, but, but she keeps forgetting. Uh, Maswabi in Bloemfontein says, my father's 66. He suffered from a stroke which led him, uh, which, which led him to be on a wheelchair. His left side is not working. Sometimes he loses his mind, uh, but temporarily. Um, Kimberly says, supplementation, when do you start and with what? Um, I have problems with toxicity of drug use, of drugs used in the, in the elderly. So a lot to respond to, but let's, let's give it a shot. Sure. Um, so those are quite typical uh, problems. Um, the first one uh, speaks to uh, what sounds like typical. I mean, uh, firstly, if there is a problem and someone is concerned, like remember persistent or pervasive, mm. they need to go to their local GP and start there. And if the GP feels the need, they should then refer to a geriatrician or a neurologist or indeed a psychiatrist. But those symptoms are in the first SMS there um, really repetitiveness, asking the same question again and again, perhaps getting a bit lost, difficulty with finances. It's quite typical of, of an Alzheimer's type of dementia, which is the commonest type. Um, and it's important not to scare people, really. I mean, it might be that it's not Alzheimer's mm. dementia. It might simply be depression or a life crisis. Um, or indeed, there are a whole lot of medical conditions that can cause this picture, such as an, an underactive thyroid problem, Maybe the iron in the blood is quite low as well. Um, so they need to see a, a general practitioner generally. Um, the, the other um, the stroke SMS you received there uh, speaks then to a vascular type of problem. Mm. So what's good for the heart is normally good for the brain. So often the arteries are a bit clogged up um, as people get a lot older. Okay. But people compensate. If you are unlucky enough to have a stroke in the brain and you have an acute brain failure, that might lead to a chronic brain failure. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the last SMS, sorry, I'm allowed to say I forgot. No, no, that's all right. The last SMS asked about, and I, I'm going to combine it with, the, with with one I just got now from Joe that says uh, foods that one could uh, could then make use of beforehand. So in, in perhaps in your 40s. Um, and then that mm. SMS was asking about supplements that one could start off using. So, I mean, I would say it comes to the World Congress on Healthy Aging mm. um, because literally if people log onto the website, we're addressing all of those issues, which are the lifestyle factors critical for healthy aging and nutrition is a very important one. Um, I tend to enjoy the idea of the 5F diet from Professor Harry Seftel, mm-hmm. um, bless him, who sort of said, you know, f- must make sure you have fiber, fish, fowl or chicken, mm-hmm. fruit and fun. Hmm. And if you I follow guess, those... Yeah. Generally, you're okay, and, and what's good for the heart, and most people intuitively understand that is good for the brain. Exercise is critical. People need to exercise, you know, 20 or 30 minutes a day. You don't have to win the Comrades Marathon, <laughs> no. but you need to get your pulse up a little bit as long as it's safe exercise. Um, and sensible, just being practical, is normally good for healthy aging as well. The supplements are a bit of a controversial issue. Um, we have a problem in South Africa with a lot of pharmaceutical um, products that don't have that much rigor. Um, there's some excellent drugs out there, but um, I think it needs to be said there are a lot of generic medicines in South Africa, mm. which it's not always clear whether they work or not. Um, I use generics where they do do, do work. Um, mm-hmm. Supplements such as you know coconut oil is a big one now for memory, I think. Yes. Um, but come to the Congress. Um, uh, there's a, there are international speakers coming out. Um, Bradley Wilcox is a chap from Hawaii who's a geriatrician. Um, there's a guy called Suresh Ratten from Denmark who speaks to healthy aging as a, as a scientist and the impact on cells and genetics. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of very good uh, specialists coming out. Darren Disley is a chap coming from the UK as well. Um, so I would, Yen Chu is a, is a doctor from Cambridge as well. Um, who can literally answer that. Um, I hope that makes sense. Sure. So here's the website again if you'd like to attend the conference. Uh, it's www.wcha2015.co.za. So that's the World Congress um, on Healthy Aging. It's taking place at the Santon Convention Center from the 30th of July till the 2nd of August. I think let's, let's, let's actually have a conversation with some of the speakers closer to the event as well so that we're able thank to, you. To, to remind our listeners. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Likewise, thank you. Dr. Ryan Fuller, specialist psychogeriatrician in memory care. I have a new word on my vocab. Such a pleasure having you. You're still on the talk shop on SAFM.